My, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. We are back in the Eford Studios. Thanks to Empire Properties, Empire Eats, and Greg Hatem. We're here for Law of the Wolf. I'm Joe Giulio. That's Scott Wood, Wolfpack Great. I'm going to give you a, a dealer's choice here. Choose your own adventure. Where would you like to start when we talk about NC State's 83-76 win over Wake Forest from last night? Where would you like to start? Would you like to start with the on-the-court stuff? Would you like to start with the off-the-court stuff? How far would you like to go back? Well, let's start with the five and one. Uh, perfect. Let's start with five and one now, NC State, for the first time since 1989. By my math, that's 35 years. Uh, for a good portion of those listening to this podcast, the older NC State fans, they would recognize 1989 as the last time that NC State won any sort of ACC title. They were they finished first. I was also in my mom's tummy then. And you were not born. 35 <laughs> years ago. Um, so th it's notable that they are five and one. And, and so we'll start there because Kevin Keats made something of it in the post game about how this team at five and one isn't quite getting perhaps either the recognition that they've earned and or people are overlooking them. Listen, hey, I'm tired of this shit, man. I'm tired of I'm tired of people talking about how we ain't tough enough. Wait, hey, we're pretty damn tough today, right? Okay, I'm not going to go get any bourbon because I don't drink, but it was a hell of a night for us. What was your reaction to, to Kevin's postgame? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go too far with it. Uh, I think, you know, he was a little bit fired up after the game with everything that happened. I also, look, let's be clear, that we haven't had a big non-conference win. We also haven't played a whole lot of firepower in the ACC yet. So... You know, there's still a lot there. I think they've had a very favorable schedule until this point in the ACC. But with that being said, <clears throat> they played Carolina for 30 minutes of basketball. I mean, they had a decent showing for yeah. 30 minutes. Was in the Out game. of the 40, sure. In the game. Uh, you know, I think they showed a lot of resiliency against Wake. You know, there are a lot of things happening. But at the same time, you're 5-1. and one, You're in a good position. There's still a lot of ACC left. So they got to, you know keep the foot on the gas, especially if they want to make this tournament. Do you think Kevin was throwing the masses some red meat? Uh, on the OG proper this week, I had talked about how Kevin, you, you need success. For, for To be an NC State coach, you need a couple of things. You need success against Carolina, which obviously in football is a lot easier than it is in basketball. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you don't have that, then you better have like the NCAA tournament trips or Sweet 16, Final Four. Yeah. Or maybe you can do the impossible and win the ACC without really having success against Carolina and Duke, which doesn't really seem possible, right? Or or you can have like this uh, larger-than-life personality, which we you know we saw, obviously, Jim Valvano's a template there. Mark Gottfried, who you had played for, had, had, had a lot of those traits as well. Kevin is kind of closer to the Sydney Lowe scale where he's not going to say as much uh, in his post games or, or with his media availabilities, he probably does say more behind the 
closed doors than we know. I'm sure Sid was the same way. Yeah. Um, but when you compare and contrast that to what Dave Doran has done, you know, and on the football side, Dave's obviously beaten Carolina. And then he has learned in year 11 for Dave Doran that you have to give the masses what they want. You got to play the hits. Sometimes you have to give the people what they want. Yeah. Which is exactly what I texted Kevin this morning. I was like, you know, sometimes you have to give the people what they want. <laughs> they want you to be emotional. They want you to say the kind of things that you said in the post game. Yeah. And I think, you know, ultimately what does that accomplish? I don't know, but it does make a portion of that middle doughy fan base I, happy. And I agree. And I told you like when we talked with, about, you know, coach Doran saying some of the things and we've I, I talked about it with you guys on the OG for your guys's end of the year. At some point, that's also what players want to see. Like when they're going and they're like, okay, this guy's salty. He's giving them this. He's smoking the cigar with the boys. He's saying <laughs> some things that from a recruiting standpoint, you know, sticks out like, okay, oh, this guy's cool. Like, I could see myself playing for this guy. You know, he's a he's a player's coach, yada, yada, yada. He's sticking up for us. I think that it, it goes a long way. Again, is it, I'm, I'm very old school. I think sometimes it's over the top and unnecessary. Yes. But again, I think in today's day and age, this is what some of the fan base, especially the younger fan base wants to see. This is what recruits want to see. And I do think at times, I think, you know, he's hearing all the negative stuff 24-7 yeah. about what's going on. They losing to Carolina. I literally asked, uh, a buddy uh, the other day I said if NC State lost Carolina two times every single year you're never going to beat Carolina but I told you you can make the NCAA tournament would you take it and I think the unfortunate reality is most fans would say no I want to beat right. Carolina twice right. why right. we're playing to play in a tournament we're not playing to I, I get it's a, a big red circle around the Carolinas of the world and the Dukes of the world but we're playing to make tournaments. You know, every game's a big game. I think Hubert is on, honestly doing it really well. Like when they asked him, you know, is this a more important game than others? He said, hey, this is another game. We got to be focused for it. Now, obviously, the players understand the importance of it without a doubt. But again, there's a bigger goal to all this, and that is making the tournament. Now, if we're losing to Carolina twice and not making the tournament, that's when you get into some issues. So five and one. So we talked before the Carolina game last week. They play Carolina at home. They played well, like you said, for 30 minutes. They get the three-point line was the problem in that game. Two of 21. Yeah. They go to Louisville on Saturday. They go 10 of 20. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, you know, the Notre Dame game that they won with only two three-pointers as well. I don't think this is a great shooting team. I think we can all kind of square that, right? So what happens last night? They take only eight three-pointers. The previous season low was 17 against Notre Dame and, and Charleston Southern. And that's going to kind of lead me into what I really liked about this game last night. But before we do that, of course, we're going to pay a few bills. I saw my man Hayes Lancaster there last night. Bugs inside the house, mice, moisture, whatever it is. Do yourself a favor. Go to bugsbite.com. That's bugsbite.com. Punch in your zip code. Punch it in. You're going to see all kinds of ways to save. Hayes Lancaster, big supporter of NC State Athletics. If you are interested in supporting those types of businesses, then Hayes is the guy for you. So check him out at bugsbite.com. And I'm here talking to Scott Wood. We'll talk about some lending issues here. We'll talk about some mortgage needs here. But if you're trying to get into the house buying market, it's going to be a frenzy this summer and fall. You want to beat that frenzy. The best way to beat that frenzy is to go to Hometown Realty. That's myhtr.com. Six locations from here to the coast, more than 250 agents. 
their website is very intuitive and easy to use. It's myhtr.com. Buy, sell, calculate. You're going to close on that house. You're going to need some help closing on that house. Speaking of big NC State fans, Josh Whitaker of Whitaker and Hamer is a big state fan. Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe with uh, Campbell and Carolina and Central and Duke and Wake Forest that there are actual NC State lawyers. So, again, if you want to support NC State people, check them out. It's wh.lawyer. All right. Don't even need the sounders to transition to what I actually really liked. Not only about this game, but what Kevin has been doing with this team. Mm -hmm. This is the second time in four ACC games where I thought Modiara was the MVP of the game and the reason that the game ultimately went NC State's way. Thought that at Notre Dame, and I thought it last night. They were struggling in the first half of that basketball game. DJ Burns was sick. Uh, obviously, wasn't playing at his peak or premium. Difficult matchup with Efton Reed. It's difficult to ask him to work on both ends of the floor in a game like that. He did score 10 points, which which was helpful. But this wasn't the game in Winston-Salem last year. We had a career-high 35. This wasn't a game even like Notre Dame. We were like, man, we need a basket. We're going into DJ. Yeah. This was a game where I thought Modiara, whose minutes can fluctuate, whose role can kind of go up and down. This is a guy who doesn't need shots. This is a guy who pours it out on the defensive end, whether he has to guard the post or whether he's guarding the perimeter. This is a guy with 13 rebounds in 25 minutes last night in a game where it was absolutely necessary to have that type of rebounding a defensive effort in a basketball game like the one last night where they had to come back from being down 11 points in the second half of that basketball game. I said it to you before. I said, I'll say it again till, till I'm no longer allowed to talk about sports. A coach's number one job is to make sure everyone on the team understands their role and how to help the team win basketball games. Modiara and Ben Middlebrooks are two shining examples of that right now of two guys who, you know what? Uh, ben last night had 14 points. Yeah, play 20 minutes. You know, not every game you're going to get 14 points. He's not every game is going to get 20 minutes. But when he was needed, he came in and did his job. And I, I think those two guys right now, the more I see them, the more I like them. Yeah, I said uh, they're like uh, the Bash Bros to me. Yeah. So like Fulton and Dean from the Mighty Ducks or like Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. I want someone... If there's any Sometimes like Sometimes I forget how young you are that you just dropped any, the mighty ducks on me. If there's any students <laughs> out there that just I want the stepbrothers picture on a t-shirt where like the two. Mo has his hand <laughs> on, his on Ben's shoulder. Uh, <laughs> I think they're just like they got a little nasty to them. Mm -hmm. They've got a point to prove. Uh older, ch chip on their smarter. shoulder type of guys. Yep. They just understand that look, if you're going to give me 5 minutes, you're going to get the best 5 minutes that you're going to get out of me. They're going to make mistakes. They're a little rough around the edges at times, but they play so hard. And I think in that game especially, you know, when things get chippy, people start getting ejected. Those are the type of guys as a player, you know, for me, it's Richard Howe. Those are the guys you want to go to war with. You know, I specifically remember... Uh, We're gonna get rich on this program. We can't. We can't. We can't keep talking about rich. <laughs> I know he's in town with, too. I know so we can't. We can't do this. And he's playing Please. pickup on Tuesdays at the day right, with us. Okay, so, so when you see him next week, you tell him I'll, I'll he text needs him. to join. I us. could text him probably right now, and he'd okay, love to do you, it. You tell him because we uh, can't keep. I know. We can't keep invoking him without bringing him on. But my my point. So we go to Spain 
so we're playing we're playing grown men like it's you go over there you're playing professional teams whether it's this a, is while a, you're a, with the wolves a, one of your summer trips or with uh with the wolf pack okay so this was my junior year so it was when tj and them were all no yeah that was the year yeah trying to and thomas the new Tay, all yeah, them. yeah and uh i i'm 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 abs. I don't know if it's the European ball or what. I'm absolutely cooking every team over there. I mean, I'm probably averaging 30. I'm playing the best basketball of my life. And I'm running corner, running baseline. And this 30-year-old just absolutely levels me. My pin, my shoulder gets pinned uh, between the goal. And next thing I know, Richard comes out of nowhere and is just throwing a haymaker on this kid. And I'm just laying in the gr- on the ground watching a scuffle. And Richard is just, I mean, absolutely taking on like 10 dudes. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. And from that point on, I told myself, if I ever had to like get in a fight, I don't want to get in a fight. I'll break him up, but I don't want to get in a fight. I will go to war with that guy. And he has the the exact same personality as these guys. They're going to set hard screens. They're going to do the dirty work. And those are the type of guys you want to play with. And I think last night you kind of see it. I know obviously Mo gets ejected at the end, but again, he's sticking up for his guys. Right. I think even he had a tweet this morning saying, I'm going to go to war with any of them. If you go up mine, I'm going at you. And that's kind of the mindset you have. And again, I think this younger generation loses that at times like it's okay to have a little nasty on the court now are we going to go to the extent of maybe you know flipping a couple birds maybe not but <laughs> we can get to that but we got to have a little bit of nasty and i think they showed it last night they showed a lot of grit and they're able to kind of you know pull it out at the end all right uh i i love nothing more than when people tell me you were right joe so i would like to take this opportunity to say to you you were right Scott, because you did five games on ESPN Plus? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Let, let's be totally and completely honest, okay? Um, those were not the most interesting games in the in the history of college basketball. They, they were mostly NC State blowouts. Yeah, it was right? rough. It's hard to call. That is. That is my point. It is difficult to fill time, especially when you're doing this with, with Andrew. Well, I think all but one of the games was with Andrew Sanders. Uh, I had, I think I had two. Two. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, again, now you're working with somebody you don't even know. And, oh, my gosh. It's hard. Yeah. This isn't me being serious right now. In the second half of many of those games, while you're sitting here in, in the, the full-on, let's just fill dead air, let's just get to the end of this game mode, you would often say and repeat that Jaden Taylor is an elite on the ball defender. Yeah. And that the way that he makes the other team work just to get into their set could is going to help this NC State team. Yeah. Lo and behold, NC State takes the lead on two KC Morsell free throws, 71-69. There's two minutes and 15 seconds left in the basketball game. Boopy Miller, who had a uh, a really good game, mm-hmm. uh, good player for Wake Forest. I mean, how do you not? They put Kevin in the box score. How do you not call somebody Boopy? Like, what a name, <laughs> Boopy! What a great nickname. Um, Twenty-one points. He did, however, have six turnovers. One of those turnovers was on the ensuing possession from the Morsell free throws. This was the turning point in the game. Yeah, Taylor knocks the ball out of his dribble. Onto the onto the floor, he dives on the floor, gets the ball, has the presence of mind to call the timeout. NC State's ball. Next possession, DJ Horn, who is emerging as the closer yeah. on this team, knocks down a jumper, gives it, makes it a four point cushion, and and basically the game is elementary from there. So I want to say to you, you were right about Jaden Taylor, 
That's a long way of me saying you were right about Jaden Taylor. But also, again, when we talk about guys, Jaden Taylor comes over from Butler. I'm sure he was sold on, hey, you could be Jaquavion Smith. Hey, you could be Jarkel Joyner. Hey, we'll give you every shot you want. Hey, you do this, you do that. Instead, he has, now he does score. He's second on the team scoring. How many, how many points did he have last night, though? Last night, he had 12. He was 12 and five last night uh, with two steals. He made eight free throws. So he was clutched down the stretch there. There were a lot of, he, yeah. he took a lot of the late free throws in this game. This is another example of a guy, though, knowing his role, embracing his role, and contributing to what this team has become. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I say it all the time. The hardest thing to do as a player is to understand, you know, you may be asked to do a little bit less than what you're used to. And, and honestly, I'm surprised. Obviously, the free throws, eight eight free throws in that game. I'm sur- watching. I didn't realize he had that many points. Yeah. Uh, no, they were all late. But I would also say for, for a guy that, you know, wasn't scoring and maybe, you know, he's known for being a scorer mm-hmm. coming from Butler to be able to, you know, not play great on the offensive end and still give you that at the end of the game, game says a lot about him. Uh, you know, all of them, the last three minutes of the game and absolutely put on the clamps was not giving up much. And, you know, I took a couple of, of my kids that are on my program to the game and I, and I, I was texting, I was like, just watch the intensity down the straight on stretch of the, on the defense, men. They did not get a lot of easy looks the last 10 minutes. Of the game. It was a lot of free throws, mm-hmm. but it happened because they were able to get stops. And then they finished with the rebound. Mo Diara, Ben Middlebrooks cleaning it up. A lot of trash. Yeah. Uh, in the best possible way. Yeah. Ugly game, honestly. But second half, I thought was ugly. First half was. But I think they did it ugly because they made it so ugly on them defending and yeah. making weight just take tough shots after tough shots, finishing with the rebound. And then they'd come on the other end. They didn't necessarily, you know, make a lot of shots. They had a few and ones down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was states. A lot of baskets. Fouls. I thought states baskets in the second half were all tough. Yeah. And I think that's weight. Weight did a good job <laughs> yeah. defending as well. They just. They put their hand in the cookie jar too much and, you know, came over to top too much and we're NC State made free throws to be able to close it out. I like to call that getting cookie jarred. It's an actual technical term in basketball that I'm not I'm not sure that you're familiar with. All right, I, I do want to talk about uh, DJ Horn. I want to talk about his performance and, and how that game went. But first, of course, breeze through 17 locations in the state of North Carolina. They're there for you. Gas, beer, coffee, snacks, you name it. Uh, home base there on Whitaker Mill and uh, no home base. Yeah. Where well, Trinity and Edwards Mill. Look at me getting my names wrong. Don't, don't, don't just know that there's a breather near you. <laughs> Take care of you. Go get your dark roast coffee. There's one in Garner too. I got Garner on the brain over here. I got North Raleigh on the brain. Uh, Edwards Mill, Trinity. Go check them out at the breeze through. And then if you're looking for um, some swag, like my friend Mark Wood, I saw him on the concourse last night. He had the, the home field uh, bomber jacket, NC State with the slobbering wolf, like on the top of your hat there. And I said, uh, oh, man, that's a sweet jacket. And he goes, yeah. He goes, thank you. Thanks for helping me. Because he used the code, the promo code OG23. You could save 15%. Do yourself a favor. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use that code OG23. And you will save 15 percent all right um again continuing the the theme of today's program knowing your role understanding your role and uh, playing yourself into those roles and 
you know, you can't assume anything in the summer. You know, like you said, you come in, you're Jaden Taylor, you average 14 points a game at Butler. You're thinking, all right, I'm going to be this. Uh, you're Modiara. You didn't play that much at Missouri, and you're looking at State going, oh, I can come in there and, heck, I'll play 25 minutes a night. It'll, it'll all work out. Yeah. Like, everyone has always has the best case scenario in their head, right? Um, DJ Horn is a guy that I thought would be not Jarkel because I think Jarkel Joyner was in a, a different class of leader in, in the way that he really galvanized the yeah. team last year. DJ Horn is a guy, though, I expected to have to share the scoring load for this group. Lo and behold, he leads the team in scoring now at 15 uh, points per game. And then last night, I thought he was... Uh, let's, let's just start with the playing part of it. Didn't make any threes. He's 0 for 4. But I thought his... Ability to recognize and understand the way that he was going to score was to use the Middlebrooks or Diara screen. Yeah. Come around it, take the 10 footer, the 12 footer, tough shots. Yeah. But they were going. Yeah. And so there was a recognition there for him. And this comes off of the heels of 27 points down at Louisville. Now he did make six threes in that game and he struggled against yeah. Carolina, but he played the entire game against Carolina. Um, he made only two of 16 shots, scored a, uh, six points, which is not a season low because he only had five at Ole Miss, but one of his worst performances of the year. And I had talked to him last week on the program, and, and he said he grew up a, a Duke fan. Um, so he, he was he was excited about playing Carolina. He was you know was, yeah. he was he was looking forward to it. You could tell he was gripping it a little bit. I saw. I know Kevin had said that he showed up late for a meeting which is why he didn't start at Louisville. It might have been the public excuse, but it did feel like he was giving him a chance to see it thing from a different perspective, which I thought was a nice coaching move in the Louisville game. Yeah. Um, comes back last night, and he really struggled with his shot, I thought, from deep. And the game was getting... You know, if Boopy Miller's over here lighting you up a little bit and Hunter Salas uh, was playing well in the first half, you can get lost in the sauce and try to do a little bit too much. And I, I thought... Uh, Kareem Richardson, who ended up uh, finishing this game after Kevin Keats got thrown out with three minutes and change left in the first half for two technicals. I thought Kareem did a nice job yeah. of you know, pushing the right buttons and understanding when uh, DJ Horn needed to be in there and when DJ Burns needed to be in there. And it did seem like they were taking turns, the DJs, yeah. uh, of being the primary driver of the offense. But I, 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 I'm, I'm impressed with what DJ Horn has kind of emerged and done here for NC State in the last month. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's not what I would consider like a overly vocal leader. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think his presence and his age and his experience really rubs off on the team really well. Same thing with Michael O'Connell. I just feel like he's a he's another good one. But, you know, there's a two-minute stretch there where he, he took, you know, one three missed, came back down, took another, and I think he airballed. Yeah. Uh, and then he came out of the game and kind of came down to the end of the bench, kind of collected himself, you know, between Joel, Levi, and and Kareem. I think they did a good job just telling him, look, dude, you're going to need to close out this game. We're going to need someone else. You could see Kareem down at the end of the bench talking to DJ Burns, like, hey, how you feeling? And then all of a sudden he's getting sick and he's gone. Yeah. So I think it kind of fell on his shoulders. I think, like you said, the way he utilized the ball screen last night, the way he was in control. Yeah. It wasn't always to score. It was those drop-off passes to Ben at times where he was able to get a couple and ones. So I think he just controlled the game really well from an offensive end and a defensive end. He did a good job, uh, I thought, defensively, at, at, especially with you know how you said 
Silas and, and some of those guys were just getting it going. Uh, it's it's very easy to kind of get in your feels and be like, okay, these are my two matchups, yeah. and they're having a little bit better game than me. Uh, but again, he was able to get to his floater. He was able to get to that, you know, 15-footer at times. Obviously, we need to make threes. If they're going to have a good closing out of the ACC season, they got to make threes. Sure, but, but I don't mind not taking them either if you know I, they're not going. But I think that's the thing. You know, they, you know, they hit a point where they're like, all right, we're just not going to take them. We're just going to get to this, you know, kind of almost like a horns action. It's almost like yeah. a double drag action where they're coming off the top, two top screens. One guy's popping, one guy's rolling. And he did a really good job of controlling the game and and making things happen. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, his hand gestures at the free throw line at the end of this game where he's shown giving the double bird yeah. to it looked like Trace Stions, if my math was right, on, yeah. on, based on the replay. Um, let's first start with... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to separate this conversation. Um, <laughs> I'll put it this way to you. Because there, there does seem to be a lot of pearl clutching going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily by NC State fans, but by Carolina fans. Would people be just shocked if they could actually hear what is said yes. in the course of a basketball game? Yes. Yeah. And and I, and, and, and look, I've, I've read all the, a lot of message boards this morning and, you know, the disappointment and disgust of, you know, there's kids watching. This is, you know, this isn't. This it's pearl clutching. Uh, yeah. I, I understand. Performative. I understand it. I am also here to tell everybody that, you know, when you cross that line, I, I like to consider myself a very nice person. I'm, I'm a, I like to think if you saw me you on the street, I, I have no nice problem, person. Yes. you know, having a conversation with you, talking about this, that, you know, politics, whatever we want to do, we can go down that road. Okay. Uh, as soon as we get on the court, people probably would not like me very much. Um, there's a, there's, there's kind of a red that when you cross that court that, uh, something else happens now to the point of giving the double bird me personally, maybe not, I, I, I not to the official, not during no, the course of the game, but no, th- th- there is a heat of the moment. You know, there, there, there's some ugliness that goes on in a basketball game that a lot of people won't fully understand. And I, and I get it, but uh, do you think people could process not only the, like normal people? Okay, could process like what a coach says to you sometimes. No, what a coach says to an official sometimes. What a coach says to one of your teammates potentially in practice. Like, do you think normal people could like actually hear those conversations and be like, <laughs> oh, I, th- I think that's the face. It'd like, just be like, oh, you can't like, say yeah, that. I, I, I tell everybody, I wish, I wish everybody could just put on headphones for one, one of my games overseas with, I, I played for two Serbian coaches and I just wish they could have the luxury of just hearing some of the things that are said. Like I, my manhood is questioned. Uh, my ability to do things is questioned. Uh, but that's just sometimes. And again, as a coach, every person is coached different. Some yeah. people you can get on, you know, Calvin's one of them. Sometimes you got to, you know, bring them along. You got to figure out. No matter what, how many times we mention him, he's not coming on this podcast. Just, <laughs> what? Just, uh, you just gotta, to set a precedent. <laughs> listen, a great player, but sometimes you got to know the right button, buttons. Yeah, push. different. Like, with me, you know, you could, you can mother F me. You could say this. You could say that. I, I've always been raised that you shouldn't need a rah-rah speech to step on the court and play hard. Some people do. Right. That's just how it is. So, 
again, it's the heat of the battle. Listen, I think he understands in the moment he went a step too far yeah. without a doubt. But again, it was an intense game. A lot of things are said. Your mamas are brought into it. Your dads are brought into it. Right. Your kids are brought into it. it. Things happen in a game that people don't realize that it it goes way too far. But it's also just part of the game that, you know, it happens. I still want to know what Mark said to Brian Dorsey in the ACC tournament game in Atlanta that got, I mean, it was just those two were going at it in that game. Uh, listen, I've said, I've said some things to, I've, I'm not going to say it on here, but I've said some things to some officials and I, to this day, I don't know how they didn't take me up. Like I've, I've <laughs> well, said, you didn't use the magic words. I've then. said things about their daughters. <laughs> I've said, I mean, I've gone a, a long way when you are, when things are not going right, you say a lot of things. Now I probably said it in very, professional way sure. but it, it's just things get nasty six technicals last night um kevin gets tossed for two of them i thought he earned the first one where i was sitting and you were sitting i think behind the state bench the magic words were not used so i was curious as to how jeffrey anderson ended up coming up with that second technical i i came up with the i think Kevin didn't feel very good <laughs> leading up I, to the game. So that was and, my initial and reaction. And he also saw it as a moment. I think I bet there was a very good anticipation. Hey, Kareem, this could be your game yeah. leading up to it because of the illness and everything that was going on. So I'm sure he was ready to go okay. from the start. And he saw it as opportunity. Look, things are not going our way early on. I'm about to just, you know, it's yeah. one of those Jimmy V. Hey, give me a give me a technical real quick because you know yada yada yada. So I think part can of it was, you give me a technical yeah, for what I'm thinking? Pro probably no, one of those scenarios. I think but you're terrible again. Uh, nobody knows, man. Them referees have bad days too. You never know what's yeah, happening I, I, in some of their minds. I was gonna ask you, um, Jeffrey Anderson, eight straight days, eight games in eight days, thirteen and sixteen in 2024, seven different states. He was in. Um, California two days ago, Minnesota yesterday, and then to Raleigh. I mean, he could, and he could be like me. He could be a Steeler fan, and they just got blown out, and there's questions about Mike Tom. He could be in his feels right now. You just never know. I know. Heck, dude, you never know what these what these guys are going through. I, I thought he was quick on the trigger with Kevin with the second technical. The first one he obviously earned. I had no problem with how he handled the end, though. Uh, ben and Salas and and Diara. I thought they're yeah, just get him out of there. Yeah, I haven't de-escalated. I it was a long review. Yeah, it was way too long of a review. First and I mean, foremost, ultimately it ended up with one free throw. So. Yeah, uh, but again, I think with all the pushing and shoving, it was just. I mean, to me, it, it, when you get into that scenario, unless someone absolutely throws a haymaker, just make it a wash. There's no yeah, point, and that's what they did. There's no point in you know like giving weight to or state to just just. Make it a wash. I agree. I agree. All right. Before we get out of here, because we have a game on Saturday and NC State is five and one in the league. You mentioned maybe some of those three road games weren't exactly the most taxing in the history of the world. Um, their next three games, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Syracuse. Virginia and Syracuse next week are both on the road. One thing I thought that was important that Kevin said last night was he told the team, hey, we won three games on the road. Don't give them back. Uh, Mike Young, outstanding coach, Virginia Tech, an interesting team um, because, you know, they did not play well outside of the league, uh, a save for a win over Iowa State. 
um, they're they're kind of in that big doughy middle in the of the ACC right now at two and three, coming off of a home loss to Miami. But you look at who they've played in the league. You're talking about though they beat Louisville, okay? But the last four games, they're one and three in their last four games: Wake, Florida State, Clemson, Miami. So they've they've kind of been through it a little bit, is what I'm getting at. How do you see the matchup with Virginia Tech? Um, as as I say to a person who performed as a white wing, uh, Virginia Tech is not the most athletic team in the history of basketball with all of their white guards that they yeah. have. Um, so in theory, NC State is the more athletic team yeah. than Virginia Tech. But what, how do you see how do you see this one shaping up? For a noon start on Saturday. Well, first off, I hate noon games. Let's start there. I mean, you saw... Sleepy. Yeah, it's miserable. Sleep. Uh, I always like the road team in those noon games. It's good for a fan because you just get it out of the way and move on. And then you have the rest of your day to play and do some stuff. But yeah. as a player, it sucks. Uh, I mean, I, I, I similar to this weight game, I think it's a very similar style. They're going to be a physical team. They're, gonna, they're not afraid to hit you in the mouth. They're not afraid to be a little nasty. Uh, I thought Virginia Tech played Miami really, really well, and I know things did not go their way the last couple minutes of that game. So they played them really tight, and I would say Miami's very similar to kind of what you know state in the yeah. idea that they're very athletic, very yeah. quick guards. Uh, so I, again, I'd imagine. Look, I don't think NC State's ever going to be the team that's going to just come in and beat a bunch of teams by twenty. No. Uh, so I nobody's think, rolling the ball out. Yeah. For this team. I, I think <laughs> I think they're going to be in some dog fights. I think they've proven that at the end they're going to make free throws. They're going to defend these last two minutes really hard. So you're going to have to find a way to score on NC State at the end of games to be able to close it out. Uh, and they've done a good job of you know even at Notre Dame. You know they at last. 10-minute stretch, dude, they just put the clamps on Notre Dame and they struggled. So it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be back and forth and it's going to be, can NC State get those stops at the end of the game to close it out? All right, so there's a Wednesday game next week. That means you and I will talk on Tuesday next week. Also, very special uh, interview I will have for us next week. Everyone knows now that Jared Goff is the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, but in 1991... The quarterback, the last Detroit quarterback to win a playoff game was NC State's Eric Kramer. Eric Kramer has an amazing story. Amazing story. Uh, so we will have that interview next week and we'll have Scott Wood and we'll we'll be talking all kinds of Virginias. We have Virginia Tech to review and a rematch at Charlottesville to look forward to. That'll be next Tuesday right here on Law of the Wolf. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button right there on the YouTubes. Uh, Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it. Follow us. Five stars only. Positive vibes only. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Bye.